This is Envision Self-Healing Podcast, episode number 32. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. The topic of the week this week is Understanding a Holistic Approach to Natural Vision Improvement, Part 4, The Body. And in the second half of the podcast, we're answering a question from actually a visitor to San Francisco who has just discovered eye exercises and contacted Will and said, what do I do next? So Richard, how's the world of self-healing been treating you this week? Well, it's been an exciting week for me because I uh, took off and went down to Redlands, California for a five-day Gerson therapy training. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was extremely exciting for me. Uh, it was basically how to live uh, your life on uh, a very restricted, well, it's not that restricted, a ve- <laughs> kind of, yeah, it depends on your perspective. Uh, it was a bit of a shock for me being a meat eater. Right, uh, a, a vegan diet essentially, and in the Gerson philosophy, which is the Gerson therapy was invented uh, actually to deal with migraines originally. Okay, then it was found to work on TB, uh, and finally, it's been really known for working mostly on cancer wow. patients. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people are recovering. It's sort of a big secret in the medical establishment. In fact, they've been kind of banned from practicing their therapy on cancer patients in the United States. It, it's illegal. It's illegal, Which yeah. Which is the why they're, they're the only place you can get treated, I think, one is in Mexico. In, uh, right, and one is in Hungary. Yeah, they're something. starting to pop up around the rest of the world where they're not, right. where it's not illegal. Right, and in this country, in the United States, we have uh, centers doing Gerson therapy, but they, they are billed as longevity. You know, here's, and it's true. There, you know, the, the philosophy behind curing cancer is still beneficial for every other aspect of your life. Yeah. And it's very good for lo- uh, prolonging your life as well. Yeah. So uh, those were two things. I was looking at it for the cancer things, not for myself or for someone else as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was very enlightening. It's, it's a lot, they showed a lot of films that you've been telling me about as well. Okay. The, the, yeah, we uh, should definitely try and post some of those at yeah. some point. I, I think what we do is we we do a whole podcast at some point on once, movies. Yeah, once we uh, well maybe on the gears and therapy. Right. Once, once we get all our notes together. Yeah. Well, the the one that was I found the most convincing was the one you've seen as well called Knives or Forks Over Knives. Oh, forks Over Knives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I totally Don't know. do it the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and I was educated. It was a little depressing. Number one, like the quality of meat that we're eating. Yeah. Um, basically, it comes down to eat only free range anything. Yeah, yeah uh, I think that's that's interesting because this weekend uh, we hosted a barbecue. It's right. Beyonce's birthday, <laughs> and um, yeah, and it was so funny because we don't we don't eat meat. Right. And we were buying all this meat for everyone else. Right. And it cost us a fortune. People say organic food's ex- expensive. I know. You know. Try and buy a pack of sausages um, or some, or some, uh, some beef. beef. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but it's, it's funny because people, people always say, oh, we thought you were vegetarian. And it's funny because we're not vegetarian, but it's just throughout the years and the more we've learned 
about the quality of me and all the rest of it we've it's just it's just become a life choice we just choose yeah. vegetables instead of we didn't wake up one day and go do you know what we're going to be vegetarian so there was no right sort of definitive moment yeah you know it just it just happened that way right and uh it's interesting that it's it's the same sort of thing i you know came to it naturally Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're doing a lot more of these documentaries and stuff. And it- right, they're very good documentaries out there now on, on the food, the whole food industry. I mean, just to summarize in some ways that the meat, if you think of it this way, it was true for pigs, it was true for cows, that basically the diet we feed them on eventually kills them. <laughs> on their own they don't have to be slaughtered they will die of heart is attacks that true? it's wow. absolutely this is what, <laughs> that a cow they know when to slaughter a cow they have to time it precisely because they wait too long it'll die from the corn diet it's being fed wow to marble the meat <laughs> it will just die and then it'll be too late so they have to know okay on day on tuesday this cow dies because he'll die on wednesday wow and then the pigs, I guess a percentage of them die of heart attacks before they can be slaughtered. <laughs> That's really ironic. <laughs> and, and they're only, they're, pigs aren't alive that long, you know. Yeah. It's, it's like a matter of, I'm not sure they're alive more than a year. So the pigs die of a heart attack and then the people that eat them die of a heart attack. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we got them fattened up, so, because they taste so good that way. <laughs> they do. They so, do. Yeah, that was, that was the thing that got me the most, was that those yeah. two things, the pigs and the cats dying of diseases right from just their diet yeah um so that was convincing and the other convincing thing is they fed me delicious food yeah better than i could ever cook with meat (laughs) yeah yeah and the the quality and we talked about this in our podcast on organic food Mm -hmm. the quality of the vegetables was so good and they don't for the gerson therapy you avoid salt this is for the cancer part of it Uh uh-huh because Gerson found that uh, people ate, well, if cancer patients ate a lot of salt, it actually encouraged the tumor growth. Oh, okay. Again, not accepted anywhere in the medical establishment, but mm-hmm. Gerson, the thing about Gerson was he doesn't have research, everybody wants research. He yeah. had practical experience of like, he developed the diet, he brought it to a bunch of um, cancer patients and said, wow, these people are getting better, these people aren't. It was like, research on the fly yeah what, what more evidence yeah. do you need and i think he even went to court originally they wanted proof right um not necessarily court but the the lobbyists or somebody right. wanted proof right and probably the took, ama he took 10 cancer patients i think 10 with him um and they all testified that they had cancer and now they didn't right and he also had 10 uh, testimonials of other people as well and um yeah, they they still threw him out. Yeah, no, it's an amazing story. And, and that was when he wrote his book, wasn't it? The the fifty. What's it called? Oh yeah, the fifty patients or something yeah, like 50 that. Cases fifty cases, of yeah. Or I think it's fifty two. I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in there. So we did release a lot of his notes, and uh... mm-hmm. yeah, and and yet it's he's still the therapy is still banned by the FDA, and they have to to practice in Tijuana. It's just amazing to me. Yeah. So anyway, I had a, a wonderful week uh, of being enlightened by the, what meat. And then basically the, the, the other message was you really don't need meat. And that meat gives you almost nothing other than protein. Right. And, you know, there's some B vitamins and stuff, but you can get them in other ways. So, yeah. Um, 
Well, uh, just just through supplements, the B vitamins, or were they actually? They do give a B12 supplement. Mm-hmm. They do take a B12 supplement, yeah. but in general, they also say you get a lot of that from other sources as oh, well. Okay. So, yeah, nice. and they do a niacin supplement as well. So, and um, is there? Did how did you notice your vision? Oh, right. By the end of the week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me. Hi. <laughs> I was so excited, but the whole concept was like, what was it there for? Uh, and the quality of the food. Well, and then they, so they feed you this food and they're juicing and giving you oh, wow. juice every hour from eight in the morning until six at night. So once wow. one an hour, they're feeding you an That's organic amazing. juice. Um, that was pretty nice. How did you sleep? Uh, pretty well (laughs) in the middle of this, my mother doesn't have a computer, so she won't hear this, but (laughs) she came down with a clot in her leg in the middle of the week. I almost had to leave Right. that went from her ankle to her, to her hip. And here I am learning about the horrors of meat consumption and dairy (laughs) consumption. And I get this phone call of like, uh, well, okay. You can see where this is leading. Um, it was right in the middle of one of those movies of, telling you how horrible meat was and i get this call <laughs> anyway why did i bring this up what was the question again uh how did you sleep oh so i didn't sleep that well uh, because okay. i was talking to her and my right. siblings and all that stuff. what about um headaches no and yes no headaches because you no you, allergy symptoms fantastic yeah and i felt like my mind was clearer i could imagine yeah less driven feeling yeah. which is and were you did you feel less fatigued um, I did, I, well, I, so much was going on with my family at the same time, right. that, that sort of thing. But so there was a bit of stress. How do I say this? I was, uh, amazingly alert okay. and I anticipated feeling worn out and unable to think and dragged down because I wasn't eating meat and it wasn't true at all. Right. Um, I, I was doing coffee enemas. Uh-huh. Uh, three times a day as well. So excellent, that gets yeah. you going. It kept me going a little bit, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but not as much as um, drinking the coffee, right? No, no. They actually do the enemas for uh, to absorb two other chemicals, which the names escape me at the moment. They're uh-huh. two long chemical names, uh-huh. uh, both of which, and well, one of them actually, one of them is a fairly good painkiller. Okay. So it's actually they recommend it for. Um, Oh, pain, my, pain relief. Okay. It's the migraines and I think it was yeah. people have arthritis oh. and stuff and yeah. they have the initial pains. All right. Now we're not recommending this, so don't take <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So just, <laughs> I'm just, just so talking you know. about my week right now. So yeah. anyway, um, and the other chemical opens up the bile ducts in your liver okay. and that's the detoxifying effect of the, of the coffee right. enema. It has nothing to do with the caffeine actually. Mm-hmm. So, but you do need the caffeine. You can't do a decaffeinated enema. Right. And it has to be organic. So, and what about the vision then? Oh, right. So, by the end, by maybe day three, I was starting to be able to... I, my biggest judge is how easily I can read. So, I was reading... I was having to fill out the uh, an intake form, you know, history, medical history kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, I can read... And it was type smaller than I'm comfortable with. Wow. And I was able to read it fairly easily. And I... That, so I knew immediately that my vision had improved a bit. With, and I was so busy. Thank God my family kept me so busy. I had no time to do the eye exercises. It was a clean test <laughs> of like just the diet alone. Right. Um, so it was the nutrition that yeah, really helped create yeah. your vision. Because every free moment I was on my phone talking to some sibling yeah. or 
mother okay. or something. So anyway. Well, fantastic. Well, yeah, let's, uh, it, it was exciting. Let's see how you're getting on next week. Yeah. See yeah. if you can keep it up. So how was your week? Yeah, really good. Um, as you were away, I, I thought I'd try and do a little bit of a retreat myself. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I was getting up at 5.30 in the morning. Whoa. Um, doing my juicing. And I was spending uh, two to three hours in the morning on the practicing the, the new eye exercise that I've been playing with, the peripheral meditation. And, right. And trying to work a lot more in the periphery and, and trying to go for walks and trying to maintain the periphery whilst using my central vision as well mm-hmm. and uh yeah it was pretty it's pretty amazing i'm sort of just progressing forward in it still and um it's it's still difficult it's it's still um having to spend time in what you don't want to spend time in having right. to spend time in going blind which is right. not something that you anyone wants to spend time in right um so spending time in that, that peripheral area uh, i noticed at one point there was almost like uh, an outer circle that I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. And I noticed I could access outside that circle. Oh. I don't know whether, I don't know whether that makes any sense. It's I do, diff- yeah. It's difficult to explain. Yeah. So I noticed that when I first sit down to do the peripheral meditation, I can't, I don't see that circle. Mm-hmm. I just, I just have the fuzzy periphery yeah the static it it takes me a good 10-15 minutes where i have to sit and really concentrate right in the periphery and i feel my mind start to engage with the periphery i start noticing sort of more objects i have to engage have more detail i have to wait for my thoughts to quiet down that's interesting because they're thinking about you know new ideas and clients and (laughs) other exercises and you know all the rest of it um, so I really have to wait, you know, I, I have to sit there and, and engage the mind with the periphery first. And then once I've done that, I've been playing with activities, um, to then stimulate the periphery more and get it active and, and, uh, and try and look beyond that, that circle. So, mm-hmm. um, I noticed, um, for the first time, actually, uh, I understood color color coordinating a room <laughs> that makes total sense because you would never see the whole room exactly before. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. picked up on that real quick yeah, yeah. I, was, I was sitting um looking in the in the dining room mm-hmm. and i was looking at the door and i couldn't see the bottom of the door it was just a white fuzz mm-hmm. so i was going through the the sort of new process that i've been building on to right. try and tune into whatever it is that i want to be aware of and um and this fuzziness sort of went away and I sort of saw the bottom of the door and then I saw the red of the carpet. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that, that's a really nice red color to go with ah, that white door. Yeah. And then I was able to see the table, which is sort of a brown right. color. And then next to that is sort of a, a black uh, shelving unit, like a tall right. black shelving unit. Yeah, I know it. And I just thought, that looks fantastic. <laughs> I was like, I really like the way the red goes with the black and the white. And yeah. I was just like, I really want to hang up. And all of a sudden, I would start yeah, planning. You know what kind of art goes on the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted to start planning color coordination. Then all of a sudden, I was like, well, now I want this in this room. And, I want this. and it was just, it was just amazing that yeah. I had never thought of that. Before. Yeah. You know, but you've, you've always asked me 
you know, so what colours do you think should be in this room? And Well, you have better colour vision exactly, than me, yes. Exactly, but I've got no concepts. <laughs> <laughs> we really are the what and where, are we? <laughs> we are, aren't we? <laughs> um, so anyway, that in itself, I mean, no vision test could ever wow. could ever come up with that. You know, no. if I sat in a peripheral field test, a doctor would go, you're not seeing anything more. But the fact that I finally, after, you know, 28, 29 years, have understood colour scheming a room um, because it's the first time I ever saw yeah. a group of furniture together. Don't don't change your career to be a decorator. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think no, it's, no, it's yeah. a little bit <laughs> But I think it was probably, um, I mean, obviously, if I take a picture of a room, I guess you could argue that I could see True. the room. Um, or but if you wouldn't I have the experience back, to base it on, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it was just the fact that it was, it was a surprise. Yeah. It sort of caught me off. God, I was like, oh, a yeah. red carpet with a black shelf with a white door. Oh, that's true. And I've been in that place for, you know, a month, nearly two months now. So yeah. um, that was real evidence to me that mm-hmm. it was it was progressing. Although I must say today I was walking to see some clients and I'm building more and more confidence with walking with my head up. Right. Uh, and before I would look down at the pavement, mm-hmm. look up and then step up. And now I'm working with just stepping up again i'm not recommending anyone do this <laughs> this is just me uh, yeah, no enemas no, no not looking down <laughs> yeah. please yeah and certainly not at the same time <laughs> and um anyway it's it's scorching hot here in san francisco oh, it right? it's, in, it's in the hundreds and um well in the 90s at least and so i i went to look down i was like no keep your head up keep walking Uh-oh. we're gonna keep working this periphery <laughs> and I, I just hear this splash <laughs> And somehow a chip of the the pavement, a deep bit of the, the, the uh, not the pavement, the road had come away and it was filled with water. It's like a hundred degrees out. There's no water. There's no in, water anywhere. In, anywhere, right? It's all residential. It's all concrete. And uh, it reminded me of my friend once at university. And any time we used to go shopping, I would get out of the car and I would always step in a puddle. And yeah. he said, "Will you? No matter where you are, you will find a puddle." <laughs> That's the only to puddle step in. in San Francisco. You have. I know, and I stepped right in it, and completely soaked my foot. Wow. Anyway, I, I like those things because yeah. it just makes me laugh. Like yeah. it's just a little reminder that you've got a little bit more work to go. <laughs> um, so I know, enjoy that thoroughly. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing how next week just yeah. just onwards and upwards really yeah. just keep progressing. Yeah. So I think it's a good time to move on to topic of the week. And the topic of the week this week is Understanding a Holistic Approach to Natural Vision Improvement, Part 4, The Body. And the first thing we're going to be looking at is muscle tension. And um, this is a really important part of uh, the body and how it's involved in the whole holistic healing of our vision because it's really what's restricting our blood flow. Right. It's, and blood flow is so important to many vision conditions. It's certainly important to mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, to yours as well, maybe a little more indirectly. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I heard, I think it was uh, Mir Schneider that told me about a guy in Cuba, maybe, that was doing experimental surgery with RP oh. and was redirecting blood vessels oh. uh, to the retina. Right. And that he was getting results mm-hmm. uh, that way. I've, I've never seen or heard of it um, since, um, but it just... I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, and the and the, we're we're in this point we're addressing the muscles in your body, 
because the hard, stiff, muscular uh, musculature will restrict your blood flow. Uh, and I and I suppose it also would restrict nerve function to a certain degree too. I mean, if it's yeah. extreme anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and we and it, it's also people really. We talk mm-hmm. a lot about loosening the neck, uh, mm-hmm. and we talk about muscles of the face because obviously that's the direct flow. You know, if you're trying to drive from A to B in a car, uh, the quickest way is you know on the straight road. And if there's a roadblock, then you want to sort of undo that and get straight to the house. Mm-hmm. However, we we don't tend to think about maybe tight muscles in our legs or mm-hmm. in our abdomen or our back. Right. And that, the you know, the body, and we're going to talk a lot more about blood flow next week because right. that is our, our topic of the next week. So we won't talk about it too much here. But if you think about it, the blood system, the cardiovascular system is systemic mm-hmm. and it flows all the way around the body. So if you've got a tight lower back or a tight mm-hmm. abdomen, then the whole flow is being restricted. Right. So you're getting less blood to the eyes, even if the tension is in your legs. Right. And in particular, I guess, around the joints, like the hip joints and the shoulder joints, that's where blood can get restricted Mm -hmm. in those junctures as well. So in particular, uh, we really suggest heading to the website, Mm -hmm. uh, really, envisionselfhealing.com, and go to the body section that we talk about. I mean, even if you're doing one of the free programs that we have there on your condition, you'll see that we do split it into voice and body and mind. And in the body section, we do talk a lot about self-massage. Right. Um, so there are some exercises there for you for your particular condition. Um, but if you're just looking in general, then I guess in particular, we're looking at things like the self-massage right. techniques for the the neck, neck and head and eyes, mm-hmm. um, and head then, rotations, yep, shoulder, shoulder rotations. rotations. Yeah. And then in particular, my favorite is the tennis balls. Right. And you can use those on your back and on your legs. I mean, if you, we, we made the programs, we didn't go to a full body treatment in a lot of those free programs. We yeah. didn't think people really would take the time, but mm-hmm. we would love you to do rotations throughout <laughs> your body and tennis balls yeah. throughout your body and get a massage once a week. <laughs> Uh, for your vision condition, it would be great for you. But, yeah. um, I do remember one of our uh, Twitter followers contacted us and uh, she had retinitis pigmentosa. And I told her to follow the exercises. And um, she messaged me the next day and she said, oh, I'm going out and buying the, th- the three black pieces of paper. And I was like, great. And the next day she messaged and she, she said, I've just spent the last three and a half hours doing the exercises and I just feel amazing yeah and she she had done all of them she went through the whole body she did all the eye exercises and she yeah she it was so great to hear how how great she felt and i mean and also that she got it just straight from the program right um because there really is a stupid amount of information on that website (laughs) so much so actually that we've had to change servers because our last that's true our previous server couldn't handle the website because there's just just and if you're listening now and and gave up on our website because it took too long to load (laughs) you can go back now yeah it's 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 lightning fast now it's safe it's It's safe safe to go back yeah so um yeah really just look at those exercises for the muscle tension try not to think about it as just tension towards the eyes think of it as a whole body um, and also, if you have muscle tension, then it means that there's not enough blood getting to that muscle, to that area. So by doing a lot of the massage, you're getting more blood to those muscles again. And it's really just going to help the whole body holistically. Right. Which, hence the title. Well, and the way, another way you can feel um, how this is helping your vision 
it's hard to describe unless you, you go through the process. But once you've relaxed your whole body, it's hard to see in a, in a not relaxed way. It's hard to yeah. see with tension. Good point. And that actually will make you, will allow you to see better. So that actually takes us on to our next point, which is posture. Um, mm -hmm. And so if you think about it, a lot of us, when we're thinking, and I know in particular, you've got the myopic yeah. posture in mind, but I know a lot of our clients, when we ask them to do the eye charts, their shoulders raise right. up, their eyes squint, their yeah. tension builds in their eyes. Their the jaw stop, sets. Yeah. yeah they yeah. stop breathing. They stop blinking. Yeah. And they're like, A, E, and it's just like, relax, <laughs> blink and breathe. Yeah. And then we sort of massage the shoulders a little bit. The person starts breathing again. And they're able to see better mm -hmm. in a relaxed way than they are right. being tense and, squint, uh, and squinting. And when we do a lot of the, I mean, in particular, we, we do massage um, at the school. And there's a big emphasis on it for this reason. Mm -hmm. But even just by yourselves doing the the, the self-massage and the tennis balls before the eye exercises when you're in that state of relaxation the muscles are relaxed the mind is a lot more relaxed when you do go to tense up you're mm -hmm. aware of it yeah and a lot of what we talk about here is the worst strain possible is the one you don't know about mm -hmm. so if you don't know that you're raising your shoulders if you don't yeah. know that you're Which squinting most people don't yeah because yeah. it just becomes habit, right? Yeah. We, we talked uh, before in in, uh, in part two when we talked about the brain, how it just adapts mm -hmm. so quickly. Yeah. Um, so your body gets used to having that tense body. Yeah. So that passes over into the looking. Yeah. So by relaxing the muscles, then it means that when you're just looking then at least you're doing a sort of a soft gaze you're right. relating it to how the body feels and i guess um a little bit more on what we were saying there about the myopic posture it's actually uh i wouldn't say a condition but it's a term that we use right it's a it's the body's reaction to a vision problem really um and i was thinking this is another reason we emphasize like having good posture when you palm and being relaxed, you know, feeling the relaxation when you sun. Mm -hmm. It's like it's all, you know, getting the body to be in alignment, to not you know, put a crink in your neck while you're, while yeah. you're palming, and to relax, you know, feel the relaxation while you're sunning. It's all about relaxing the body as a way of getting to a relaxed gaze. So why would you say, um, if you could explain a little bit more about myopic posture, like what is it about myopia in particular? Why not farsighted posture or astigmatism well, posture? Well, there is a farsighted posture. We just don't see it as much, uh, which is this, the, the farsighted posture is more the rounded uh, chest, so the chest is sticking out and the head mm -hmm. is back. Okay, and so, why, why would you do that if you were farsighted? I don't understand what the motivation is, <laughs> but, but I have myopic posture, so I, I know it exists. It's, it uh -huh. seems crazy, but if you can't see well, you push your head. If you're nearsighted, you push your head forward uh -huh. to, try and, to see. try and see better. And you're only yeah. pushing it forward like an <laughs> inch at most, right? Yeah. And when you're farsighted, if you, if you move your head, I'm probably reducing the sound as I do this. <laughs> if you, as you move your head back, uh -huh. again, you're maybe an inch, maybe two inches back. Mm -hmm. What difference does it make? Yeah. But maybe it's just when you're looking at close objects, you know, maybe that's when, it, you know, distant objects, when inches isn't going to make a difference yeah. if you're looking in the infinity. Yeah. But we do it anyway. 
but maybe it comes from looking at a book or something and a, a myopic person's going to lean forward mm-hmm. far-sighted person's going to lean back. lean back and that movement of the head has all these ramifications throughout the spine and the whole body so then what happens is those muscles get frozen in that position because you're doing it over time and over time mm-hmm. so then that creates a lot of muscle tension and you mm-hmm. sort of get stuck in that posture and you can imagine if you just pushed your head forward now you could feel the strain that you've got yeah. in your neck mm-hmm. um, and that's because it's foreign to you but you can imagine the amount of pressure that's that's putting on the neck right and indeed on the the cervical spine um, in the neck there so a big thing that we have to work on with our clients is not just the vision but also their posture it's it's amazing mm-hmm. how the two and it takes time it's taken me oh yeah a good years, couple of really, years yeah um, to work on my posture and i notice that if i'm under more stress my myopic posture comes yeah. back so yeah. i think a lot of that is 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 my mind it's almost like yeah i want to be conscious of leaning forward i don't have time for this exactly yes. <laughs> you revert back to your you know 16 yeah. year old habits essentially yeah. yeah oh i just let me just do this for a couple of days and then yeah, let yeah. me just get this work done and then i'll start thinking about my posture afterwards yeah um yeah, but it's, it's you certainly start feeling a lot better um once you do work on that so then the last point with the body i mean really um it's thinking of internally a little bit more um and for starters we want to talk a little bit about having a healthy heart. Yeah, a healthy heart. It goes along with the blood flow. And um, it goes back to the Gerson thing I was talking about, bringing nutrition mm-hmm. to the cells, which you have to get the nutrition in, I guess. Let's start with there. You have to, maybe the stomach should be included yeah. too. It's well, like, we're going to do nutrition. Uh, oh, true, true, true. Last. All right, so let's assume there's some nutrition there for the heart to pump around. Mm-hmm. So it has to be, the blood has to be pumped too efficiently and then the veins are really part of this yeah then you have to have clear veins to, mm-hmm. to move the blood through and then you have to have the lungs providing the oxygen so you've got nutrition oxygen going to those cells to keep them alive and mm-hmm. with you and me we have retinal cells that are compromised yeah so you can imagine if you starve something as well as something that's already compromised you're mm-hmm. really really threatening it yeah yeah it's Uh, pretty scary when you think how simple this is but how important it is yeah getting enough blood to the eyes and it's just like um i don't know let's say you've got a pond uh, or you've got a lake and you've got a a weak pump that's pumping the the water to the top of the water feature the yeah 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 you're talking about this because i'm about to put one in my backyard (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's exactly what i'm thinking of and then you know if you've got a weak water pump pumping it up to the top then less water's going to be trickling down yeah it's just not yeah your feature will efficient. be really not very good yeah. <laughs> and just like any car you know if you look yeah. at any car advert they talk about x amount of horsepower and this is the biggest engine we've ever had mm-hmm. i guess unless you get in a prius um which is pretty big in san yeah. francisco yeah yeah um, so maybe size doesn't matter no but not just size but we're talking about power here that you know, this is sort of the, the core of our, you know, engine. Anyone that's, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, Iron, uh, <laughs> Iron Man, anyone's into their Marvel comics, um, where Ooh. his power source is right there in the middle of his chest. Right. And, you know, if, if his power source is getting weak, then the energy goes, or if it's removed, his energy goes. So yeah, it's, you know, it really is the same thing. And by the way, I'm not an avid Marvel <laughs> Uh, I know that I, I do. I do like when we've gone and seen most of them, haven't we? Really, right? But I have never seen a comic book in your house, so I, no. I can attest to that. <laughs> Not that you know. There's no, no, there's something it. wrong with that. And my, <laughs> and my brother-in-law 
loves Marvel, Marvel <laughs> oh, comics, okay. and uh, yeah. so I do know a lot about it. And All right. I, I do enjoy All right. hearing about it. Um, so, but then the, the third part in this, which people really don't think about, and it's the liver, which right. is another good thing that you know all about. Now, after reason. this week, I know all about it. And then how <laughs> important the liver being the filter. Well, the liver is so many functions. Yeah. It's it hard. 500 functions? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. But the one I was addressing this week was the filtering mm-hmm. system and how uh, it gets a buildup of, yeah. from our uh, poor diet. Well, and just, I mean, just everyday life. Uh, if you think about the air, the water mm-hmm. that we drink, um, this is why I started getting organic soap. Because if you think about the chemicals in the soap, mm. chemicals in toothpaste we're putting in our mouth every day. Oh, fluoride. Oh, my God. I learned about fluoride. <laughs> yeah, let's not we, go oh, into that. Let's that. So, you know, there's all these um, unconscious chemicals that we're ingesting. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we're trying to freak everyone out here. No. But what we're saying is the liver deals with all of that. Exactly. It um, and actually, if you have a strong liver, uh, and this is the Gerson people were saying this too, you can s- cope with a lot of environmental stuff mm-hmm. that isn't good for us, but the liver will take care yeah. of it. So, and then we throw in a little bit of alcohol, a little yeah. bit of cigarette smoking, a little bit of caffeine, mm-hmm. um, and we're, you know we're, we're overloading the liver. And then you know the fact that fifty percent of Americans are on prescription exactly. drugs. You yeah. know, our liver is is working overtime. Yeah. So, and it, it really is, like Richard said, our filtering system. So again, if we think back to the pond analogy, if your filter there is you playing up in the pond, then, you know, you're not even going to be able to see the fish. Yeah. And it's just not going to be a very good water feature. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously every part of the body is important. We could be talking about the nervous system, yeah. uh, the stomach and, and all the rest of it. But we really just wanted to highlight those three main organs there that um, play a real important part that not everybody thinks about as far as vision improvement is concerned. Right. Okay, great. So I think it's about a good time to move on to question of the week. And the question of the week this week comes from a visitor to San Francisco who has just learned about eye exercises and she's asking basically what's the next step and uh, it was i mean it was really nice for me to be able to say head over to the website that's right that's <laughs> the next step end of podcast right? <laughs> yeah yeah just go to envisionselfhealing.com at the end yeah um no and the, and it's not that we're just trying to plug our own website here it's because when we designed it we designed it from a point of both richard and i first discovered eye exercises we had to go through this whole thing ourselves we we went to all these uh, different things before we ended up coming to natural vision improvement we read a lot of other books and you sort of learn a more direct route that we wish we had gone when we first found out about it and also now that we're working with our clients now for the last few years we can see what sort of boosts them ahead Mm -hmm. what information Mm -hmm. could we give them that puts them ahead of the game than if they didn't know about it so over at the website we really have given all the fundamental information that people need yeah and i i hate to use the website again but the learn create integrate thing is Uh is a good uh, structure for what to do next yeah you want to you want to learn about your condition thoroughly as much as you can um and then you want to create a program of exercises that are suited to that condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's lots of eye exercises and you want to figure out which ones are going to help you the most. And then you want to, uh, to be realistic about 
uh, a modern day life, you want to integrate those exercises to a certain degree into your, into your life. And also what we were talking about with the brain that when you start, you know, being active with these exercises and the more you do it on a regular basis, the more permanent it becomes and more mm-hmm. permanent the visual habits become just like we've, you know, I've taken that principle to my peripheral vision and that's why I'm walking around the apartment trying to use right. my periphery. I did peripheral vacuuming the other right. day, which was actually very successful. And it, I was hoovering away and I was like, whoa, oh, I'm two floors up here. <laughs> I yeah. can see the road outside and I've never really seen me standing on a floor and seeing the outside at the right, same time. Right. And seeing the floor there. So it's really sort of integrating these exercises yeah. in and it becomes a permanent, just like you get permanent bad habits, but you can also get permanent good habits. It's, it's, you, you've illustrated it perfectly. I mean, you've learned about your condition over many years yeah, it's, now. And it's exactly the same. I didn't go to uh, no. the Natural Vision Improvement University and, and study there for no. 15 years. I, I, did have a, I do have a sports science right. degree, but as, you know, as far as a lot of this work goes, it's taking these key principles. So one other thing that um, I really liked suggesting was all our podcasts yeah um you know if if you're just coming into this podcast then it's not like we go in a linear fashion where if you go back you know you won't learn anything it's only what we're going to talk about next Mm -hmm. we really talk about our own programs our own lives our own exercises and and i because she she had rp or has rp as well it's nice to know that whenever I've talked about it, it's been from a very honest right. point of view and also from a discovery. So I could imagine if someone goes back and listens to them, they almost learn what I've learned over the last yeah. 32 weeks. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and the same with yourself. Yeah. They probably learn more how to build a house if they listen to your <laughs> That's podcast. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, and also our video blogs as well. We, we really try and pick key things, things that are clients are struggling with things that we're struggling with um things that we just wish that we knew when we first started doing the exercises and then we do a video blog about it so there's certainly a lot of information there on the website for people just to go to um and then i think the next thing is is just to try and chill out a little bit and uh (laughs) and not get overwhelmed because it it really is a a, an ocean of of information out there and yeah, the, the worst case scenario, we don't want them to go, oh, this is what I have to do. Oh, I, I can't do that. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm giving in to my condition, basically. So, so one one thing maybe just find your condition on the conditions page. Mm-hmm. Start looking at the eye exercises first and foremost. Um, and then maybe when you're palming, listen to the podcasts. Good. Um, maybe do shifting on the videos. I don't know. Not too much. Cause shifting on the videos? <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an integration. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just, just take it as yeah. it comes. It, yeah. It's new, um, for a lot of us, our whole lives, we've been told nothing can be done. So when somebody goes, yeah, you can <laughs> do this. Yeah. It's very difficult for us to transition that. Yeah. And you, I think you, you illustrate very good this week, uh, very well this week. Um, the attitude one could take a lighthearted attitude, like, Oh, I've just discovered room decoration. I mean, yeah. that's that's taking eye exercises into a fun, integrated, and uh, lighthearted way. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, uh, yeah. a good and, example of that. And that goes into the, instead of doing eye exercises for, say, a month, and then 
running to the eye doctor to get a test right and then find out that it's the same right um you know we did quite a bit on uh, vision observation right you know, positive of observing our, our mm-hmm. vision improvement in a positive way and um to know that there's there's more out there than than just what the right. doctor is telling you right and there really is no better judge of whether your vision is improving or not than yourself right and that's yeah. that's true what you what you're doing as well that you're you're being the judge of what your periphery is yeah yeah, yeah. good okay great well we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast if you want to find out some more information on how you can improve your eyesight then please head over to our website at envisionselfhealing.com you can also find some more information on our facebook fan page to search for envision self healing and uh, you'll see some pictures and information that we're posting up there and you could also follow richard and i on twitter and uh, just head over to the website and you'll see our addresses there you can also get your hands on a free ebook on our website and uh, just download that over there for free it's called a modern day guide for improving eyesight and it really goes through some basic information on how your modern day life could actually be uh, impairing your vision and indeed how you can start improving your eyesight so good luck with your eye exercises this week and happy healing and have a good week